if you didn't know this guy and he was chasing you down the street, would you be a bit afraid? Because he's I'd so tall. Give him a hug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Embrace. Hey, bro. <laughs> Here we are. It's the Manzilla podcast, the inaugural Manzilla podcast. My God, big word to start the show, inaugural. Crikey. (laughs) (laughs) So this is a new show. It's all about men's identity. It's a show all about getting the best of ourselves, finding the answers to life's big predicaments, navigating the complicated, difficult landscape that's in place to be a man today. My God, that is one corporate spiel bit, isn't it? (laughs) The world we live in today is a a, a funny place. It is, isn't it? This is a a brand new podcast, so we want to hear from you. If you've got any issues you want us to talk about, at Manzilla Online on Instagram, at Manzilla Online on Twitter, and we're on YouTube as well. So, yeah. Yeah, do let us know. We've got an amazing guest in the studio today. He's a real, real good guy. His name is Dr. Amika Okorocha. We'll introduce him properly in a moment. I'm with Jack and Lou as well, who are involved in this podcast. I'm really pleased to have him involved hey as guys. well. Hello. Thanks so much indeed for being here today. And we're also on Apple, Spotify, YouTube, Google, pretty much everywhere. So yeah, type in Manzilla on those platforms, you'll find us. Let's kick off today's show then. Jack, do you want to introduce our guest to begin with? Yes, so uh, today we have quite a packed show, uh, but let's get on to meeting our special guest. He's one of the stars of BBC Junior Doctors. Uh, He's a man who's a bit of a hit on the wards in many ways. Uh, He's six foot six. He almost banged his head on the way into the studio today. Uh, And he's a total charmer with everyone he meets, uh, including the ladies. Yeah, definitely, and I'm sitting right next to him. (laughs) (laughs) He's also a Nigerian prince, a man about town, one of the most stylish, can I just say he actually is I'm not just saying that I mean he's sitting right next to me fresh out of Savile Row if not the most stylish man in the medical industry a total gent and I know that Gavin was thrilled when he could make it for the first episode it's Dr. Amika Okoracha. Woohoo, legend, legend. Thank you so much, Amika, for coming on. Do I call you Dr. Wow. Amika or Amika? Um, you it? can just call me Mecca, that's fine. Mecca. Oh, Mecca. Yeah. Mecca. If you want to call oh, me wow. Dr. Mecca, that's cool too. So I mean, some, some people oh, like sorry, it. is it Amika or Mika? Amika. Amika. Gavin, you proper set me up. No, no, no. To be honest, a lot of people call me Amika. Oh, okay. Maybe you should put two Ks in your name. Just change the spelling of my name. so Legend. No, I really appreciate you coming on because, like, you know, I really admire your career path, your career journey yeah, what you what you've done you know and it, you know you're obviously a, a role model for so many people too well well first of all that was one of the coolest intros i've ever had i mean <laughs> i was just there, say all that, by I was just there smiling like the whole time i was like okay <laughs> he's a prince too he's not joking okay. anymore, he's <laughs> Are you not? is that true <laughs> <laughs> i hope so um but so for me um it's been a very weird path. Obviously, you know, it's not conventional for doctors to do their medical degrees, work, and then go into television. But um, I kind of got lucky when it comes down to it. Basically, I was working in my first year of being a doctor in my F1 year. And the BBC just happened to be producing a new show, uh, Junior Doctors, where they follow uh, doctors in their first year, see how they're getting on, basically. Obviously, being very young, because they choose people who... Normally, you've taken a very quick pathway. Mm-hmm. So I went from school at 18, did five years of medical school, and by 23, I was kind of on the wards by myself on call. Wow. Yeah, left with patients. So it's obviously quite a big jump. And so they want to film that, put it on TV, Yeah. you know, market your fear. <laughs> you, you come across, you're a very confident person. Were you like <clears throat> that when you first started, or, is, or has this come from um, being... I, th- I think that's just my personality. I've always yeah. kind of just been, like, out there. It's one of the reasons when they asked me to do it, they were like, how would you feel being on national TV, doing all this? Because we will be recording you. 
your mistakes, your good points, everything will be shown. And we edit it, and I was like, let's go for it. I was like, <laughs> yeah. there's no greater pressure than that. Being there half asleep at night, cameras around you, patience deteriorating, and you they having go, to make big decisions. Wow, so they go into your home and everything, and they film? Literally. Fantastic. They came to my family home. They came to where I was living wow, in Wolverhampton. Cool. They came to the wards. They went to all my tutors. They actually filmed me um, progressing from my first year, because as a junior doctor, basically, they have to judge how you've been as yeah. a medic, and you will either progress or not progress. And so it's not everyone who manages to progress to the next year. So they went and filmed. So I found out as I was on film that I'd be moving on to, to the next year. That's and it was, nice. yeah, it was touch and go. So I was like, whoa, okay. If I don't, it's going to make good television. <laughs> we kind of like admire the way that you set a kind of like a trend in terms of looking mm. good, feeling good. Uh, is that part of your ethos in life? Um, yes, definitely. It always has been. I've, I've always been quite interested in in like fashion and looking good and whatnot. I did, when I was in medical school, I did quite a bit of modeling and I used to work at um, Holliston Abercrombie. So I was kind of surrounded by, you know, like good looking people who were mm. quite into their appearance. So from there, I was quite into my appearance. I kind of like worked to wear fitted stuff. I worked to kind of stand out. I thought like, okay, how I'm going to dress is how I'm going to match my personality. Mm -hmm. So then I brought that into medicine. So there were a few hiccups at the beginning. So. <laughs> yeah. Most doctors dress in a certain way, like how they look is probably the least of their worries. Whereas I took a lot of pride in how I looked, even on the wards. So I'd come in, I'd have like a fitted shirt, like a tie, which was obviously clipped for health and safety. Mm. And I'd come in and obviously everyone would be like, oh, whoa. Like, because normally the people who dress well are just the consultants, the people at the top of the game. They're like, um... The ones that are oh, yeah. practicing. The one, yeah, the ones who are more mm -hmm. experienced and they're not normally doing the dog work on the wards. So yeah. they're not normally the ones cleaning up the patient's sick and whatnot and doing bits and pieces. They're normally either in surgery mm -hmm. or running clinics. Wait, so do you go to work dressed like this? Um, yeah, so I go you to work dressed... You just stroll into... Like, yeah, well, I, I wouldn't wear the jeans, but I'd have similar, like, trousers. Would you say you're wearing, like, a three-piece... Uh, you're wearing, like, a, a suit jacket, uh, waistcoat, shirt, yeah. and then nice jeans and trousers. you describe... Yeah, your, no, 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 just, just, yeah, just uh, so yeah, we get a picture of... Chelsea boots, yeah. some nice fit <laughs> I mean, I, I assume jeans. most of your suits are all bespoke made because of um, your height yeah, and your size. So exactly. do you have a go-to or a, a preferred tailor that you go to? Um, yeah, so I've had a few guys and um, when I was in Birmingham I had a guy who used to kind of help me out so I'd buy uh, normal fitted stuff from mm -hmm. uh, ASOS, Marks Spencer, German Street, wherever and then I'd take it to a guy who knew my measurements I'd be like all right can you cut this up for me let's make it happen he'd be like I got you. And so, now he's your go-to guy. Yeah he was my go-to guy so I've always kind of needed that because of my my body's quite extreme to the fact that I'm <laughs> I'm quite tall, but I'm quite like lean and long. So I have like lean really long. long arms, like 36 inch arms and like 36 inch legs. So when I feel comfortable and I look good, I'm happy. Yeah, that's a good. So it could be a, literally a 10 pound outfit. It could yeah. be a 200 pound outfit. Yeah, whichever. As long yeah. as it fits me and it looks good, yeah. I'm happy. I think it's an important you know aspect, isn't it, guys? You know this this um, idea of dressing well and the perception around how you dress I mean it's, it's a difficult one for guys to get right isn't it because you know for me I, I agonise over what to bloody wear most days <laughs> and it's like it's you know it, being in being in, in, a, in a media career it's it, you're judged on how you look yeah, yeah precisely it's, and I think that's that's the case now for, for most 
most guys in most lines of work. What would you reckon, Lou? Do you reckon that's something that you you look at and judge guys on in their in their appearance? Or I mean, I think it's easy to work out what kind of industry a guy is depending on what he's wearing. Mm, um, true, true. I think a lot of guys also feel more comfortable being in a suit, and then when it gets to the weekend, they're like, "Damn, what is my casual wear saying? Mm, like, what okay. do I wear now?" Um, again, guys that work in maybe fitness yeah. don't really. True. know where to True. go for that formal wear um so yeah i do think it says a lot about what a guy does and you know his his mannerisms and i have the character. opposite problem because on I a day-to-day -day, you're I, something I'm, different I'm every dressing, day i'm dressing casual yeah. i'm dressing for various castings mm. i'm dressing for various roles mm. and actually when i have to dress smart that's when i go to my wardrobe and go oh okay yeah, what have a I got? Tricky. and i end up finding like a suit that i haven't worn for six months because it's just been in my cupboard and i don't mm. have to wear a suit every day so i find myself sort of having to really piece together like a really smart outfit you know rare like more rarely than most people do on a day-to-day -day basis mm. so yeah and I think that these days you know people have a lot more freedom with their fashion choices uh, back in the day it was you know everyone wore a grey suit black suit brown suit whatever yeah. to work and you couldn't tell whether someone was banking insurance or whatever these days you know you can go to four corners of London and see yeah. all different types of there's so much uh, more choice outfit. now absolutely but in the same professions you get you know <coughs> artists and bankers and you true, know true. You're, Doctors, you know, doing doing all sorts and wearing anything and making them make themselves stand out at work. I think it's great for me. Mm. I always think you know, I've got to wear something that stands out, like a yellow top or like you know, a crazy striped um, outfit that's like you know, it's, that just makes, but it makes you stand out where you go. I don't the know. I, is, I, I, I get confused. I get really confused about what to how to how to do it now. <laughs> like, I think when it comes to standing out, it's very based on your personality. I feel like if you have a personality where you like attention, you're very used to it. You're comfortable with being the one who stands out then you're going to go for something that's going to mm. be different to the rest or you're going to feel comfortable. Agreed. So I feel like if you're not that person, standing out is probably the last thing you're going to want to do. So you might want to look good, but you might want to look like everyone else yeah. in that sort of way. I also which... think Gavin looks great in colour. Oh, thank you, Lee. Thank you. I think it contrasts your skin nice. <laughs> yeah. yeah oh, think, actually, he was sporting a great suit the other day on the news. Oh, the right. news. The news. news. Uh, yeah. Oh, the you, blue one. The, the blue one. Yeah, yeah. The blue and the purple tones. Blue's, blue is my color, I think. Yeah. Do you think that that you know men have got a uh, a greater responsibility to dress better? Or do you think that it's... Because, yeah, I just come from an era when, you know, where I grew up, I grew up in the Midlands. Um, it wasn't, like, where I came from, dressing, like, kind of snappily mm. in fashion, with high fashion or whatever, or with, like, a, a sense of style wasn't a thing. And it was almost like you would get bullied, if anything, if you, if you did that. <laughs> Not necessarily bullied, but you'd get, you'd get stick if you were too well-dressed. Whereas now, I just think, like, the whole way that the psych of a guy has gone now is that... You've got to dress well in order to kind of be somebody. And I don't know if that's, yeah. that's... I think that a lot of it is down to the fact that social media has a massive influence on it. People can see, you know, what people are wearing. They can yeah. post what they're wearing. They can share what they're wearing. And it's instant as well. And, you know, I'm sure fashion, as everybody knows, goes in circles and cycles. But I think it happens more quickly these mm, days. Definitely. And, you know, I think that personally for me, when I go shopping... I buy a couple of staples that I know will go with everything, yeah. but ultimately, you know, I'm like yourself. I can I can find a few things that I like the look of, like a nice jacket or mm. a cool tie or you know, a nice pair of shoes or whatever, and that's like my kind of item that I'll wear to to death, and then I'll get a new one or sort of thing. But my staples will remain in my in my <coughs> cupboard the whole time and go with yeah. everything I wear. I try and look for excuses to try on different outfits and wear different things. Like the night before, I might kind of like go to my mirror 
and trying a few things and be like, oh, okay, this looks good. I might wear this tomorrow. Look at the weather. Can I do it? So yeah, you okay. Prep, you prep your, yeah. you prep what you wear the of, night before. Yeah, of wow. Course. Okay. Of course. Take it to the next level. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That's great. I like that's that. Saves a lot of brain time. That as well. Oh my gosh! You know? In the morning, when my mind and my brain hasn't woken up yet, exactly. I need to know already the night before what I'm going to put on that day. <laughs> so, so, sometimes it just gets me buzzing. Like if I have an outfit, <laughs> I know I'm going to wear tomorrow. It's yeah, going to be fire. I go to sleep smiling like this. Like oh, I can't wait to put on that outfit and get out of this house. That's just my excuse for leaving clothes all over. The place. <laughs> asked me, well, why have you not put them away? It's like, oh, I'm wearing them tomorrow, obviously. Yeah, you know? of course. <laughs> Tomorrow's outfit. <laughs> the difference, I want to know the differences between men and women's shopping behaviours. So, do you guys prefer to actually go to the shops and pick up your outfits, or are you more of an e com guy where you just like mm. to pick things online and you don't really want the hassle of. I think Jack's more. You look like an e-com kind of guy. I well, I, from being in a background of e-com, I know uh, that they they do lie a because lot. Because you're quite good with sizes, though. You yeah, know so which I know my brands... sizes back to front, left, yeah, you know, so exactly. I can I can wear. But I also know which brands fit me the best. True, yeah. true, true. And I'm sure you're the same. Yeah. You know, yeah. you can you can find clothes yeah. that you, you know you go into say Zara and you know yeah. that all the jeans are going to be exactly as they oh, are. Yeah. But you go into somewhere else like Top Man maybe, and mm-hmm. the, the tops aren't quite as true as they uh-huh. say. I always find that I'm, I'm one of those people that will shop probably twice a year, summer, winter. Is that and right? I, yeah. And yeah. I find it's just easier just go and whack a load of money on stuff that will just last me and then I don't have to worry about Precisely. it. Yeah. But but there are certain things that I'll see in shops or if I see online or yes. see on, like on another guy walking down yes. the street, I'm like, you know, perving on him or something. And I'm like, yes. hey, <laughs> I like your shirt. Where's that from? Yeah. You know, I don't chase him down the road like a weirdo, but, you know, I'll definitely sort of look out for it. So, yeah. I might chase him down the road like a weirdo. Sometimes if it's that good, <laughs> if it's that good, I just, uh, just have a quick step. Hey, buddy. Hey, where'd you get that? <laughs> you didn't know. If you didn't know this guy and he was chasing you down the street, would you be a bit afraid? Because he's I'd, I'd so tall. I'd turn around and give him a hug. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the idea that societal pressures, you know, can can force guys to conform to a certain way of dressing, mm. of looking, um, and you know, measuring up to you know a, a certain definition of, of success, if you like, by how you dress. So, do you think? Do we think that men's insecurities are more valid today than ever? And do you, do we think that maybe women could be more aware of those insecurities and help mm. us through them? I, I just wanted to know your thoughts on that. If you question. tell us about them, yeah. It's, it's <laughs> if true. guys want to talk what to women, insecurities. Yeah, tell me, tell me what your insecurities well, I, I are. Feel, I feel like it's a general insecurity in the fact that I feel every guy sees life as competition and everyone wants to kind of be that alpha male, whether yes. they say it or not. And so. Because of that, they're in like a competition to stand out, or how am I going to compete with the next guy? Or because everyone's even trying to compete with work, finances, the opposite sex, etc., etc. So you're like, like you said, how am I going to stand out? How am I going to make myself out there? So, but I think every guy needs to realize that the competition is mainly with yourself. You want to feel better and look better every day. Like everyone is different. If you're competing directly with the next guy, if I'm like, oh. What's Jack wearing? Oh, he's wearing a grey T-shirt. I want to wear a grey T-shirt. I want to make it better than that grey T-shirt. Then you're not really uh, fulfilling the needs of yourself. Whereas I was like, okay, that looks good on him. What do I think looks good on me? Yeah. How can I impress from my own style? And I think that every guy needs to consider that because that can help with the insecurities and the pressure. Like, okay, how can I improve my style today? 
let me go out. Let me go shopping. Let me see what looks good on me. What colours suit me? Like Gavin, he can wear extravagant colours. I don't really think can. I can. I don't oh, think man. I can. I think I you can I as well. I wouldn't want to compete with Gavin when it comes to that. It's not competition I need. That's not the smoke I want. up next time you're wearing that purple suit. I'm telling you, you look great in that purple suit. I think I'm a peacock, basically. I think I like, you know, when you go to an event or whatever, you go to go hang out with your friends, go on a night out or whatever. I always try and then go sort of, you know, another try to go to another level if I can. But I get rinsed for it. I get absolutely rinsed all the time. You should own it. Just own it. Yeah, 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 that's that's how society is. Like, anyone trying to come come out of the know, like, I know probably as well as anyone because of where I was working and how I was dressing, if you're not looking the same as anyone else, people will give you stick. um, Especially in a place where it's uniform. Exactly. Especially in a place because the thing about medicine and being a doctor is Unlike nurses, HCAs and phlebotomists, mm. we don't actually have a particular uniform. So you What's can an HCA? Is it a, um, healthcare assistant. Oh, I got you. Sorry. So yeah. they have like a. I've been watching too much Line of Duty. Oh my god, <laughs> <laughs> Central. Uh, Sorry. Is Twelve and uh, this is a, the said to, to play. Yeah, carry on. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, man. So, no, so they have a uniform. So um, they can't really express themselves. They just kind of wear their uniform. But with the doctors, you can wear pretty much whatever you like within the grounds of it being clinically professional. And so there's a range. And I discovered the extremes of that range, basically. So what I was wearing was very professional. It was smart. But it was like, why is he dressing that? Why is he dressing like that? Who's he trying to impress? What, what's going it's on? It's because you look good wearing what you're wearing. Thank you. And I think that people can sometimes, there can sometimes be a bit of hateration there, mm. you know? Oh, yeah. Jealousy. Yeah. That yeah. Sort of thing. yeah. And yeah. I think that even if you're getting stick for what you're wearing, yeah. you shouldn't really care. I yeah, mean, of course not. you know of you look good. Not. It's expression. Wear like, what you're wearing and just own it and just do what, what you're doing. That's what part doing. of confidence is. Yeah. Part yeah. of confidence is You need to really not care do, what people yeah, think as well. And looking how you want to look despite what people think. Yeah. Because people will mm. respect that. Yeah. They might not like you, but they'll respect it. They'll be like, he doesn't, he doesn't give a mm. about what anyone thinks. You can like, swear, I can swear. You can look like shit. Yeah. Well, yeah, well, yeah. Like he said it, I didn't. Like, yeah, I just man. want to say I didn't say no, that. No, you, you know, you're you might not. I shouldn't, I shouldn't be either, really. That wasn't my voice. Yeah, Where's the swear jar? Wait, swear jar. Yeah. Where's that swear jar? Yeah, yeah, I know, yeah, I know. In general, I do swear a bit, actually, to be honest. So, yeah, I'm going to carry on as I would do normally. Um, but, Luke, question Good. for you. What if you were walking into a bar and, and let's say you were out with some girls and you, you know, were out in the city, for example, where most people do dress fairly similarly, mm. uh, and, and you saw someone dressed. Uh, Different, or maybe had something that was quite sort of peacocking, if you like. Peacocking. Would, would you know? Would you sort of look at them and go, "Oh, he looks a bit weird," or would you look at him and go, "Oh, he's interesting"? I think in the city, it's um, obviously everyone's wearing threads, right? So if you see someone who's wearing something a little bit obscure, a bit bizarre, then obviously you know that maybe that person isn't working in this certain mm. industry, or the mm. city's generally what finance and. But so, what about what does it say about them as a person, rather than put if, as, rather than their, their jobs per se? Let's say if you went to like a, a country pub, mm. um, you know, in wherever down in you know down in Sussex or something, and uh, a bloke Your walks end. in and he's and he's wearing all all white. <laughs> piece suit with a pair of uh, brown shoes <laughs> just you know that's my outfit next weekend but anyway what would you think about someone in that in that outfit in a, in a pub I actually quite like it when people dress I mean that doesn't I don't judge so yeah. I would be thinking this guy's got character mm. maybe I actually want to talk to this guy rather than the 20 mm. guys in the corner wearing a suit it's probably got mm. a story true true you know what I mean like he's either come from some kind of weird event that I actually want to know, where did you come from? Or (laughs) that's just his character. And I'd be like, tell me, I want to know your story. I want to know like where you've come from. And I like that. I Yeah, yeah, I I find that. that so, you know, we live in one of the most diverse cities in the world. True, true. And everyone is now becoming so 
developed in their characters and people aren't afraid of dressing how they want and saying what they want. And that's what this millennial era is all about, right? Normally, being a little extra can be a bit much. But when it comes to healthcare, it pays to be extra. And United Healthcare makes it easy with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they supplement your primary plan, helping you manage out-of-pocket costs without the usual requirements and restrictions like deductibles and enrollment periods. So when it comes to covering your medical bills, you can feel good about being a little extra. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Yeah, true. So I think that that would actually really. I'm quite hard in terms of to engage with my my attention. Yeah, you need to really do something different to get my attention. Yeah, you better. Yeah, <laughs> coming up. <laughs> coming up. So I need to see something different yeah, for me to be interested because true. I just I just like difference. It's so I just... funny. To completely left field, but I read an article today about um, how to uh, aunt, uh, open an email to someone you haven't spoken to for a while. Now, mm. I reckon 95% of the people would actually write, hi, hope you're well, and then continue with whatever their, their thing is. And <laughs> and, it, and it was basically saying how people these days shouldn't actually open up with such a mundane, boring thing. You should actually open up with maybe... Hello, spelt wrong, spelt H-U-L-L-O. What's up or something like really kind of like casual or um, hi, um, I wouldn't read this if you're not well. You know, just being okay. being funny and stuff. And it is, you're uh, right, okay. it's people are just sort of like conforming to what everyone thinks they want captures to see here. What Exactly, captures mm. your attention. It actually would make someone go, oh, I'll read the rest yeah. of this Be email. Be like, hey, here's exactly. a nude photo I found of you four years ago. Don't get it in front of anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Got you there, didn't I go? Making the tone more, like, slightly more serious, actually, off yeah. the back of the insecurities that we have we've been addressing. I saw a piece out recently that men have been men are more um, susceptible to eating disorders, and mm. there are more um, disorders out there for guys that are being undiagnosed relating to their eating patterns. And I have to say this as, as someone who like saw this and I thought, actually, mate, I think this this affects me because. Um, I have a, I have like a problem where I sort of gorge eat. I eat so much in one go, and I feel like sick after it, and I feel a little bit like, oh my god, why did I do that? I get, real, I get hate from it. You know, like what's, what do they call the, the phrase when you eat loads and you just hate yourself after? There's a, I don't know, no, the beer fear is when it comes to drinking, isn't it? Beer fear or whatever. Gluttony, isn't it? Gluttony, yeah, 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 all that. Seven deadly sins. Yeah. <laughs> well, this is exactly, yeah. That's that's kind of what I'm going through with this right now. I don't know what what type of condition that is i don't know whether it is a prandial depression could be <laughs> crikey yeah well there we go we've got a doctor in the house so it's like i mean i think like um i just wonder whether um it's a thing that you might have seen emika i don't know whether you, you think it's something that is on the rise or... i guess it's possibly borderline because when you have to think of like eating disorder so yeah. eating disorder basically can be defined as something psychologically making you have a weird dysfunctional pattern of eating so as in psychologically, if you can't eat in the mornings or you can't eat at night or you can't eat certain foods or you're not eating enough or <clears throat> you can have extremes like bulimia and anorexia nervosa where you're actually causing yourself to regurgitate food because mm -hmm. you don't want to gain weight or this or that. And I think, especially in men in the fitness industry sometimes who are very, 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 very passionate about how they look and they're, they're very severe about their body image you can have like body image dysmorphia where you feel like, oh, I can't eat because I need abs. So 
I'm not going to eat today and this and that. That is an eating disorder. It's borderline eating disorder because yeah. you have something psychologically affecting you. I feel like now it's coming more to light. And so it's hard to tell. As a doctor, when I was working in GP, I had quite a few men actually I saw with eating disorders. And I don't know if it's because it's more prevalent now in society, which isn't so great, or it's because more men are coming forward for help, which is better. Because maybe this was prevalent all those years ago, but now people are like, actually, I can come and talk about this to my doctor and I want to get some help, which is better because that's what we are here for, evidently. So, Is that mm. quite a difficult thing to treat, though, as a you know, an eating disorder, if it is psychological, is that how do you deal with that? What so treatments first, can you give for that? First of all, um, when, when we see that, we'll deal with the medical issue. So we'll kind of like uh, obviously do your blood tests and take your basic um, observations. And if there's anything medically we need to treat, that's the first line of call. So funnily enough, you mentioned this. The other day I was working in A&E. Mm-hmm. I was actually in pediatrics and I had a child who was a boy, a 15-year-old, come in with an eating disorder. And his dad said he hadn't eaten in about two days. And wow. we looked at him. He was hypothermic. So he was very, very, very cold. His Jeez. blood pressure was very, very low. Mm. You could see his eyes were sunken. He was dehydrated. So clinically, he wasn't well. So psychologically, there was an issue behind it. And I later asked the boy and spoke to him and spoke to the dad. And there'd been an issue at school where they'd put out everyone's weights. They kind of weighed everyone. At like in the primary school, and they put out everyone's weight like on a chart. Really? And he actually came as just overweight. And he was teased about it. Oh, and from then, man. he literally went into a, a psychological depression where he'd stopped eating and refused that's to eat. That's so sad. Wow. And that's so, yeah. That shit that's my what, heart. Exactly. And that's to the point where his dad had to bring him into A&E because he was just refusing to eat and he was lethargic. And he just didn't know what to do with him. He was tired, yeah. And God. so we had to do blood tests on him, replenish him. We had to give him literally glucose at the time because his blood sugars were so low. I thought this 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 guy could be really in trouble, and this is a child. Jeez. That's so bad that the the school allowed the you know mm. that to happen. And, yeah, and, I mean, so it's... I wouldn't obviously name the name of the school, but we reported that um, from A and E, and we said that somebody needs to go investigate why this happened. Is that the protocol of the school, and how could that be changed? Because obviously it's affected this boy psychologically, and so a number of things that would ha- have to happen for him. So like, we referred him. Um, to CAMS, which is like the children's mental health team, and he might need some cog- cognitive behavioral therapy. Man. Yeah, so basically to get over this body dysmorphia, and it's bad, and that's just a child, obviously a male child, but in men it could be just as bad. Absolutely. Yeah. And, the media have got a lot to deal with, to, mm. to say about that as well. There's, there is a stat that's, uh, that, well, there's a, there's a study that was done by Leet Gray and Pope, so you know, the ideal male body um, can be a cause for dysmorphia. Um, so I guess there's, there's just you know there's so much out there that yeah. that makes people think that they should attain to look a certain way and be a certain exactly. way. It's, yeah. Social media obviously hasn't helped. It's like with 100%. Instagram and stuff, obviously because everyone sees it's so prevalent. Women who want to um, you know get uh, plastic surgery if it's to work on their face mm. or their chest or their backsides or whatever to have this certain look. Obviously celebrities, the Kardashians, people are speaking about it and coming out to speak about like. This is us, but you do you. Be happy in your own skin, etc., yeah, etc. But people do want to look like that certain mm-hmm. guy, and we have shows on TV. Obviously, we mentioned Love Island and this, who portray these beautiful people <laughs> looking a certain way, and there are people who are going to look like that. And companies will often make money off that, whether it's teeth whitening or mm-hmm. whatever, or Completely. electrolysis for the face, or people from Love Island that I know 
were actually being contacted by plastic surgeons. To promote asking, something. Yeah, asking, do you want any work done? Because there's a discount we can give you if you can promote us Those as your surgeon. Those girls that did that yeah. last year. I remember seeing that exactly. on Instagram, yeah. And, so, and that's probably one of the most highly watched shows between ages 18 and 30 in the country when it's on. So you have to think of the audience and what people are thinking. But what do you guys think? I think that we live in a we are living in a digital age that is here to stay. Mm. And I'm working and living in it. Mm-hmm. I work in fintech, so it's very technology based and everything is, you know, in our day-to-day lives, everything we're so governed by social media. And I think that if you are an influencer of fitness or nutrition or whatever it is or a model, hi Jack. I think you have to be really responsible in how you promote what you're trying to influence people about. And you have to do it in a way that's inspiring and educating and not in a way that's going to make people compare themselves to you in a really kind of, you know, jealous way. And it will just make you go through all kinds of processes for you to get to that perfect way. And I see it around girls all the time, you know, girls who are getting fillers constantly at ages as young as 22, 23, Mm. to get that perfect full lip look or implants or anything. And I think that it's social media is actually great in so many ways. I'm not going to lie, I love it. it. But on so many other ways, it's it makes you more insecure than you need to be. You enjoy social media? Um, Yes, I do enjoy social media. I think like with anything, I'm sure even back in the day when television became very popular, people were saying the same thing. Mm. Like what what are the negatives and positives of television? And then obviously it just became a norm, similar to social media. So social media can be great for so many things. This is one of the things where it could be viewed as a disadvantage and a negative point. However, it could be turned on its head. With every negative, there's a positive. So it could be turned on its head for people to yeah, actually come out there and say, listen, uh, this is how a lot of people want to look, but this is how you can feel comfortable in your own skin. If you want to get healthy and fitter, that's great. This is how you can do it. But don't worry about how you look compared to other people. Worry yeah. about how you feel. I've been doing a bit of reading over the last couple of months on uh, the genetics and DNA of you know, body types and that sort of thing, right? And uh, I actually did a sort of swab test, if you like, and got my results on what my body type is and, like, what my DNA says about me in relation to mostly diet and fitness. And it came out and said I should be doing this amount of exercise in this sort of way and eating like this and da-da-da, whatever. But as a doctor, you know, do you think that that should be more widely available and and, and accessible for people who maybe like this 15-year-old boy who might have had sort of in his head like oh I'm maybe not the fastest kid mm. or whatever and I'm maybe a little bit overweight or whatever but actually knowing in his head that if I just cycle three times a week I yeah. will keep a good exactly like a slim body or whatever you know Most you- definitely definitely and that's really good information I'd love to hear more about that and make it openly widely open to people who follow me my patients whichever the fan base your audience I think that'd be great because a lot of people actually don't know the biology behind it so you have different body types so you have like um, ectomorph, endomorph, mesomorph, where there are different body types. Some people are naturally very broad and big. And so when they put on muscle, they look a certain way. Some people are naturally very slim and slender. And that doesn't mean that you don't look good. It's just how your body is. And I think the easier it is to accept that, the easier it is to kind of get over that. There's more than that insecurity. Because I, like for me, I've always been like tall and slim. I was uh, that basic uh, lanky kind of skinny malinky long legs and they used to make fun of me at school call me peanut because my hair kind of small I got broad shoulders yeah so they call <laughs> me pe- yeah, your they- hair's small like peanuts yeah my hair's small like peanuts so they call me pea head and peanuts <laughs> for about I know 
for about 10 years and I used to be like alright whatever so I think because I went to a boys school like a boys grammar yeah, school like, literally yeah. you got you got teased consistently oh, guys, you should see Emeka's face right now it's just so they, innocent and they'd find your greatest insecurities <laughs> and they'd blow them up <laughs> to yeah. the point where it becomes your nickname and I think I from an early lot. age yeah. I realised listen I could do all all the neck exercises I want, my head's not getting any bigger. <laughs> I, need to, I need to just make this work. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, exactly. And I think that itself, obviously, we it was banter, it was fun back in the day, but there were some kids who took it quite personally and whatnot, mm. but people need to understand that sometimes that's just you. You want to make the best you you can be. You're not trying to compare yeah. yourself to everyone else, and I think when that's widely open and known, and that's general consensus, I think everyone will be able to be a bit more secure and be like, okay, fair enough. Like, I won't look like The Rock, unfortunately, like I, I would have liked to, but what I can do is I can get a little bigger, I can get a little bit stronger, I can get a little bit fitter, yeah. and I'll be happier with myself. How do we get to that place, though? Because I just feel that sometimes it's... You don't know necessarily what you what you like, what you want to look like, what you mm. want to be like, finding your own character and yeah. Yeah. Yeah, your own personality I think it's and look. S- super difficult for a 15 year old boy to just be like well oh, yeah. this is who I am and this is yeah. how I am I'm going to accept myself for us years. being around the same age group like yeah. it's easy for us to be like well you know this this is how I am it's but difficult. for a kid very difficult that's a long process for yeah. him I think speaking about it more in terms of teachers and, and their parents as well and the people they look up to in society so all these celebrities that they do look up to if they can come out and kind of speak on this I think kids will absorb it a lot more Mm. it was difficult at the time like being 14 15 and having that body image it it was difficult but at the same time Mm. you you kind of just have to accept it like you don't you don't have much choice because the other choice is to be depressed about it yeah which nobody wants to do but unfortunately that's the category a lot of people fall in because that's how society works you're coming through that um kind of puberty stage where you're looking at everyone some people starting to hit the gym and whatnot people starting to fill out dude's got chest now you're like huh what where's my chest at what (laughs) what's going on and that's kind of just it so i had um there were issues with school kids in my school going literally gym five six seven days a week at age 14 crazy 15 yeah everyone is um going gym and doing a lot of heavy lifting at an early age before puberty's come over and you really grow and can stunt your growth and so Mm. a lot of people are trying to you know get that puberty get big but at the same time that's the kind of world we live in and those are the pressures that kids are under I think that we can do more to kind of come out there and say actually you don't need to look like this mm. let your body grow if you want to be fitted this is how to do it yeah. there's safe and practical ways to improve your image but this is why you should be improving your image not because you want to compete with Joe Bloggs next to you because he has arms right now and you don't have arms yeah. doesn't mean you need to be lifting weights like that not all you know not all fitness <coughs> programs not all diets not all you know eating programs whatever fit Every yeah, single one everybody. person, you no, know, like there might be someone who, you know, does really well. I can is a great swimmer, for example, and mm. that keeps him like exactly. lean, fit, healthy, yeah. whatever. And that's from a, you know young age all the way through to old age. Mm-hmm. But then you get someone else who is basically the same body type but can't that doesn't like swimming because they don't enjoy it and they run instead and got the same the same body type or go to the gym instead and do the same body type mm-hmm. i think it's really important to do things that that you enjoy because the fundamental <coughs> fact that if you enjoy something you'll do it more exactly you need if if you what what you need um to achieve your goals especially in body image is consistency yeah totally and to have consistency you need enthusiasm yeah and to have enthusiasm you need to do something you like so basically now i don't have the time to play formal sports like i i would have loved so back in the day as i said i used to be a member of a lot of sports teams at uni 
I found quickly when I became a doctor in F1, it just wasn't going to happen. Because of my shift work, I couldn't make the trainings for all the local teams. I couldn't make the games for all the local teams. Between mm. traveling to see my family on work days off and this, this. So I thought, okay, how am I going to stay fit? Because I was losing fitness. I could see it. I was like, how am I going to stay fit? I need to start finding something I enjoy. So I started following like loads of pages and like hit workouts and like mm. fun like uh, practical workouts. I, I've always done like practical stuff. So like jumps, running, explosive stuff, conditioning. I've never been like a bodybuilder type guy who can just go to the gym, rep yeah. out, yeah. bench, squat, deadlifts, all that stuff. It's never really appealed to me, but I did want to add it to my workout because I, I want to be fitter and stronger. Yeah. And I was like, okay, how can I do this? So I downloaded loads of cool playlists that I listen to that motivate me. You know, that oh, guy that comes into the gym yeah. like this. Yeah. <laughs> ready, yeah. <laughs> I, I made sure that was me. So oh I come into the gym. I wish, I wish people could just <laughs> see what yeah. you're doing. I hope it's come into the gym like this. <laughs> <laughs> looking around, people looking at me, I'm smiling That's like, yeah, we're about to get it. I'm so sorry, guys. I've got to wrap it up. Oh, my God. Like, we've just, it's, oh, we could be here for hours. But it's so good Literally. to talk about these issues. You know, yeah. it really, really is. I find it so, you know, cathartic. I just feel really passionate about vocalizing some of these issues body dysmorphia in guys mm. you know um you know insecurities that we're, we're we're under that we don't necessarily feel powerful enough to to, to you know yeah. to say you know what they are mm -hmm. um so thank you so much dr oh, emica brilliant thank you the thank pleasure you. is all mine brilliant stuff jackanoo as as ever brilliant stuff thank you very much love being here uh, thank you so much for you guys as well for joining us here on the manzilla podcast it really really does mean a lot this has been you know a real burning passion for a long time to get this out there so i'm so glad we can bring this podcast to you as ever please do subscribe to us on apple google spotify youtube as well um it's manzilla just type in manzilla uh, manzilla online on the social channels on twitter instagram and uh, what other ones Snapchat as well. Yeah, we're on, mm. we're on loads of them. You can write me a letter. I'll <laughs> write send you an address off of that. Yeah. yeah, but no, honestly, I, I'm on social media as well, at Gavin R. Official. Um, Emeka, what's your social details? Um, yeah, so if you basically go on Instagram I or anything and type... I found you quite quick, don't yeah, worry. If you I type in Dr. Emeka, so that's Dr. <laughs> yeah. D-O-C-T-O-R and Emeka, E-M-E-K-A, You'll find me on pretty much anything. LinkedIn, Snapchat, Instagram. Well, yeah. Jack doesn't actually have um, social media. That's why do, I say you but... can send me a letter. But you can send him a DM via me at Lu Ling Chan. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'm sure a lot of people will. Dr. Emeka, Jack Lu, this has been the Manzilla podcast and myself, Gavin Ramshaw. I haven't even said my name actually just yet. Hi, Gavin. Um, <laughs> You're Gavin. Yeah, there we go. Thanks so much. Have a wicked day. And that's been Manzilla for you.